And now, presenting the Star of the Show podcast with your host, Delaney Swift. Oh my, 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 my. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Star of the Show podcast. I'm your host, Delaney Swift, and I must have recorded this intro a hundred times. I had recorded it and then I re-recorded it and then I was like, you know what? I just don't sound enthusiastic. I don't know what was going on with my energy when I recorded it. And so I was just like, you know what? We're, we're scrapping that and we're going back to the beginning. So welcome back for the 50th time, even though this is your first time hearing this. We have an exciting show for you guys today and I honestly loved this conversation. It was one of the most fun episodes to record because my guest today, Jen, who is my new friend, she is also a podcaster. So it's really fun to record with someone who's really comfortable on the mic, probably more comfortable with than me at this point since she's been doing this a bit longer. But Jen is a New York-based content creator. She is on TikTok. She's on YouTube. She's a podcaster, like I said. And she's on Instagram and she's just everywhere. She is great. She's very consistent with her content. And a lot of it is based around like health and wellness and trying different workout studios in New York, but also just about her personal life as well and working nine to five. And we kind of have similar journeys. Like we've kind of walked parallel paths in life in a way. She and I both were in corporate jobs out of college and then left corporate and went back to corporate. And I just feel like we really relate to each other in that way. But I feel like since I relate to her in that, then so many of you can probably relate to this episode or resonate with something. The first portion of this episode, we honestly talk a lot about like hormones and health and wellness and wellness favorites and things like that. But then we also talk a lot about our content journey, content creation, being cringe or feeling cringe and kind of reframing that mindset and honestly just talking a lot about like the journey of going back and forth between corporate and wanting to feel stable and just I don't know we go all over the place in this episode but I really feel like it's such a relatable episode and I could have talked to Jen for so long we this is a pretty long episode and I feel like there's so much good in this episode. And I did realize that because we went a little bit over, I forgot to ask her to shout herself out. So I'm going to do that for her. So you know where to find Jen and all of her content. You definitely should go give her a follow and support her because she's just great. So her Instagram is Jen underscore Lauren with two N's. And then her podcast is Dare to Self Care Podcast. And you can find it on Apple and Spotify. And I think all of the other platforms. Her podcast Instagram is Dare to Self Care Pod. And her TikTok is Jen Lauren with two N's. This is just a real girly girl combo where I don't feel like we hold anything back. Honestly, she ends up giving me like a mini therapy session and like coaching me and asking me questions back. And it just felt like one of those conversations where you talk to a friend about like what you really want in life and you're real and raw and honest. And that is exactly what I wanted to to do with this podcast is have these real conversations. There's so much to take from Jen. So without further ado, I'll stop blabbering on and I'll let you listen to the episode. So welcome Jen to the Star of the Show podcast.
Okay, we were just talking and having way too good of a conversation. So I was like, let's just start recording so that the people can be in on our convo. But what, what did I just say that sparked this? You were saying that – oh, because I was talking about how I just got back on YouTube after taking two months off, which was like the best decision ever. Yeah. Also, hi, I'm Jen. I'm sure you enjoyed Hi, it. I'm going to – yeah, I'll film, a, <laughs> I'm, I'll film sure. an intro, but welcome, Jen, to the pod. <laughs> um, thank you. This is why I love podcasting with people I'm already friends with that you know you hit it off with already because it just like flows it on flows. its own. But I finally – I decided to get back on YouTube after taking two months off. And I was just saying to you how I didn't realize just like how many people actually watch and like commented and were so excited I was back and whatnot. And you were saying that sometimes you hear the advice of not attaching to positive or negative comments. And yeah. you used to have like what I call a happy folder. I forget where I learned that. But someone on my podcast told me to have a happy folder and I started one too, where I put all these positive comments that I get and whatnot to remind me of why I'm doing this when I do get burnt out and whatnot. And you said you do the same thing, but we're told like maybe don't detach to, attach to either. And I disagree with that. So tell us for, why. Yeah. For me, a huge reason that I am on social media is to build community. I'm not just like, I'm not like a fashion influencer who just loves like showing off my outfits, which is yeah, totally great. 100% a great thing. That's just not my passion. I love community. I love like I'm a girl's girl. I love friendship, all the things. So for me, having a folder and seeing all these positive comments and how people are actually loving the content and feeling like it's relatable or learning something from it or laughing or whatever the compliment is, it reminds me that like, oh, a community is being built here no matter how small, even if it's one person. So I... I agree. Don't attach yourself to negative comments, but I totally disagree with not engaging or like attaching yourself to all those positive ones. Yeah. Keeps me going. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like I'm pretty similar in that where like I do this for community. Like I'm not claiming to have like the most amazing clothes. And like sometimes I get triggered by these girls like having all these clothes. And I'm like, where do you get the money? (laughs) But I still love to watch it. But it's like, whenever, I mean, I, I have a happy folder too, but it's like, on the other side of the coin, if you are someone who attaches your worth to like, what other people are saying about you, it's like, do you have that happy folder? Do you look at those things every day? Because I feel like I have in the past, assigned my worth too much to like what other people are saying about me. I've gotten better about it like through therapy and just through getting older, but I don't know. It's like, I think there's a fine line. I feel like I, I feel like obsessing over it and looking at it every single day and caring too much about the positive comments. Of course, like that's probably unhealthy to a degree. Maybe honestly, like I think it depends on your own like addictions and attachments and attachment styles and all that and like how you feel about yourself. But for me, it's similar to affirmations. I think if you're giving yourself like a similar amount of love and you're not just resorting to those comments to feel that love and to feel good about yourself. And, you know, if you don't get a positive comment one day, it destroys your day. Like I think that's an excessive level. But once in a while when you need to like return to your why or need some motivation to keep going – 
to me, it's almost like affirmations. And I, I get, I get that like you should give them to yourself and not find it from other people. But like, sometimes you just need to see that like other people see that in you too. But that is a good, that is something to like point out. Maybe like we need to not only look at what only care about that. Yeah. But like also give it to ourselves as well. So maybe it's like when you need a boost of encouragement or motivation, you look at your happy folder, but also like if you know that that's something you need to work on, like when you journal at night or something, write down five things you love about yourself or like about yourself. I find that a little less cringy, which is my own problem that I find this cringy though, than like looking in the mirror and saying positive affirmations. I prefer to like journal on a few things I like about myself. So then it's like, okay, it's not all what other people are saying. Like I'm giving love to myself too, if that makes sense. And like just making sure, I guess not to rely on that happy folder. Because I, yeah, I honestly true. forget it, it even exists on my computer. And it's Same. kind of like a fun surprise when I see it. And so I don't think that's like a negative thing. Totally. that make, I agree with that. I was actually thinking about this as you were talking. I listened to your episode with Shelby Sacco earlier. And Love her. I, you guys talked about affirmations and like self-love and stuff like that. And for a while, I was like every morning in my journal, I was writing down like five things I was grateful for and writing five affirmations. And I feel like not to get too in the weeds with it, but last year I got diagnosed with OCD and it was all like a lot of like thought based stuff. So like, you know, like for example, I used to pray when I was a kid in my head. And then like if the prayer wasn't perfect, like all my family was going to die. So it was like a lot of like thought-based stuff. And so I felt that like a lot of my morning routine was obsessive and like ritualistic. So I had to like kind of mess up my morning routine. I digress. But with the affirmations, my therapist was like, maybe stop the affirmations and like work on a little bit more like self-love and loving yourself if you make mistakes, if you're not perfect, that kind of stuff. So I had to like rework my affirmations to be like, okay, I love you no matter what. It's you and me. That's, you know, I'll love you if even if you mess up. And in the episode, I, I remember you saying like you, you wanted to get better about your self-love and your affirmations. So like, have you done any of that? Like, do you work that more into your routine now or no? So similar to what you were just touching on, I think coming up with these specific affirmations and feeling the need to write them down or say them every day is like a, something I have to do. And if I don't do it, I've failed, which is, is kind of similar to what you were saying. Obviously, OCD is different, but just in terms of like getting hard on yourself about something that's supposed to be something that makes you feel better, I show myself love by giving myself grace. For example the two-month break from YouTube. For example, not putting pressure on myself to edit if I really want to work out. Like, honestly, this whole half marathon training thing for me has been a way to show myself. It's kind of like I like to prove things to myself. So, like, I'm showing myself I can do something I've always said I can't do. I always said I can't run. The fact that I've even ran, like, four miles is crazy to me because I've never ran more than one in my life. And it's like, see, Jen – look, you can do more than you think you're capable of. So it's kind of like I've been getting a little creative with how I'm like proving to myself and showing myself love and almost getting impressed with myself in a way because similarly to what you were saying with like almost getting, you know, like looking at the positive comments too much or writing things down every single morning and whatnot, it can feel a little forced for me. And 
I think the practice absolutely works, but I would say I've been working on it more in a sense of just like not attaching myself to my following, to my career, to all of these things that I've obsessed over for so long. I've just reached a point and an age where I'm like, there's so many other things I value in life. And like, let's prove to myself instead of that I can hit 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, let's prove to myself that I can you know, my body is stronger than I think, or, you know, I can accomplish this goal. I didn't think I could. And just things that aren't attached to career and the numbers and social media. So it's kind of just showing myself love in other areas because I noticed I was harping a little too much on social media for the last few years, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you brought that up. And I love that you said that because I, I've been following all of your half marathon content closely too, because I ran my first ever race, I think in 2018 or 2019. And I'd never run like any race before. And my first one was a half marathon. It was like fresh out of a breakup. I felt like shit about myself. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to do a half marathon. I'm going to like prove to myself that I can do this. And I did. And I ran the whole way. And like, that was just my only goal. You didn't break? I didn't know. Well, I went to the bathroom in a porta potty, but it doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, and I ran up there, ran out. Like I was like, I'm not stopping. So I feel, I feel like that's such a good point. Like you can prove that you love yourself in so many other ways. Like, and Ed Milet always says like you build confidence by keeping promises to yourself. So I've been trying to like lean back into that too recently where it's like, okay, let like, let's say we're going to wake up at this time and then like actually wake up at this time. Like let's say we're going to work out and actually work out or whatever it is, just because like you can look back and keep stock of what have I done before? And like, how can I prove to myself that like I'm worthy in other ways of just like, you know, these external factors that we see because we compare people to ourselves like all the, all the time with social media, you know? Yeah. Like things that are actually in our control. Also on the other side of that coin, it's like, let's make promises to ourselves that we can actually keep. So let's not say like, I'm going to work out every single day or I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every single day because then on that morning that you know you should sleep in or you get your period, you're like having a whole war and battle with yourself in your mind. Do I wake up? Do I go back to sleep? I have to keep the promise to myself because of Ed Milet. And like, so I think we can obsess over, we, we harp on too much things that are out of our control, like a following. And then we also make promises that are just too grand to ourselves, like this 75 hard challenge I keep say- seeing on TikTok. I think I'm that's like, insane. Oh my God. Like, guys, it is 2023. How have we not learned by now that like it is okay not to stick to 10,000 wellness goals at once every single day for 75 days? You cannot be in a bad place and then the next day have a green juice, wake up at 5 a.m., read a book, go on, run a half marathon, get to work. Like you can't do all this, all of a sudden, all these habits at once every single day for 75 days, you're setting yourself up for disappointment or to be burnt out at the end. So I don't know how I just got on that tangent, but yeah, I've been meaning to make a TikTok about that. I full heartedly agree. Like, especially because if you stop, you have to restart over again. That just to me sounds like an OCD person's nightmare. It's like the thing that you probably have to avoid. You have to start over. That's a 75 hard rule. Yes. If you get to like day 30 and you like get off the wagon one day, you have to start over. I'm pretty sure. And it's like, I think the two workouts a day thing is a lot, especially for people who have like eating disorders or like body dysmorphia or like I think that's so 
harmful. I mean, I'm all for a challenge. I am all uh-huh. for like pushing yourself, but it doesn't work for everyone. It's not like a blanket thing where every single person on earth can do this exact same thing. You have to do like challenge yourself in ways that are realistic to you. you know? Wait, I'm horrified right now. I I have in my drafts. I don't like to judge anyone. And like, even if I have an opinion, I kind of just like, I'm like, okay, let's just keep it to ourselves. So I have this in my drafts and I'm like, hello, why? Basically the rant I just went on. And then I was like, okay, when I look at the comments of these 75 hard challenges, everyone seems really here for it and excited about it. So I'm not going to like be the party pooper here, but I didn't realize you have to start over. I didn't realize you work out twice a day. I'm posting that draft. I'm pissed. (laughs) Post it because, well, one, I think people latch on to like people with like strong opinions. I feel like that's how you like establish yourself. I'm trying to like exercise my opinion more, honestly. Yes, same. I'm really trying. Um, And then another thing is, yeah, you have to, okay, you literally have to do two workouts a day. One of them has to be outside. And I think they have to be at least 45 minutes long. So it's like, if you do it in the winter and you live in a cold place, you have to go outside. So if if it rains rains and you don't go outside, you have to go back to day one. Like what? It's really hard. And I think like the reading 10 pages, okay, yeah, doesn't sound like a lot, but I might forget it does because I read every single night and a lot of the times I'll literally just read one page. I do it just to like get myself sleepy, not for like a challenge. Um, and sometimes I make it one page and I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. So imagine you had to like force your eyeballs awake for nine more pages. It's just like, I think that's what I meant by like exercising self-love more and giving myself grace. But as you heard in that Shelby Sacco episode, there is a, there is a balance of like, am I giving myself grace or am I being lazy? And it's like, yeah, you do have to decipher between the two, but that's why I'm like, don't have these crazy extreme goals. Cause then you're just setting yourself up for either disappointment or just like that mental battle with yourself that almost lends itself to like a disordered way of thinking, right. eating, exercising, whatever it might be. So. And a lot of times I feel like you know the difference between like, am I being lazy or do I really just need to rest today and like listen to myself, listen to my body. But oftentimes it's like we just maybe don't feel like doing it. But I definitely think there are so many times where you actually really need to listen to yourself and do what you feel like you need. Yeah, it's kind of like looking at the facts. As I was saying in that episode, I was like, Okay. When I'm like having that mental battle, it's like, let's take a step back. Did I get eight hours of sleep? Did I work late? Did I, am I hydrated? Am I like, do I have my period? Like, what are the facts? If I got six hours of sleep and I'm on my period, I'm not making excuses. I actually need to rest. If I am fully like got eight hours of sleep, it's literally 8am. I have two hours until work. I'm fully caffeinated. I'm just comfortable on the couch. Like, all right, Jen, like get up. So deciphering between like what's actually happening. (laughs) So true. Does your boyfriend like understand this at this point? Like what the phases are of your period? Because I don't feel like Daniel understands whatsoever. Like the phases of a period or like a woman's body. And it it's triggering sometimes. (laughs) Well, first of all, I have a trick, which is very like Lauren Bostick of me. I was playing when I first started learning about cycles thinking it was getting off the pill. I played on Audible, Alyssa Vitti's book, um, Beyond, not Beyond the Pill, In the Flow. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it on Audible. So like when we would be washing up, it would be playing. And to my benefit, Ethan's a very much like science guy. Like he literally works in environmental science. So he's actually very interested in it. He's into health and he's into science. So like 
he would be listening and ask ask questions and actually be interested in it. So that was kind of like my trick. I would just play it when he was around so he would know that like I'm not just saying woo-woo shit. Like this is rooted in science. Like you're hearing someone talk about progesterone levels and estrogen and all these scientific Uh terms that I can never like regurgitate. (laughs) So that was like my little trick. Does he know what each of the phases is and when I'm in them? No, but like he knows when I'm on my period or getting my period, I'm going to be bitchier and more tired and I don't run on my first three days of my period. He knows... That's really it. That's like all he needs to know, in my opinion. Yeah. Like the rest of the rest is like follicular phase. I'm good. Whatever. You don't need to know whether like it doesn't really matter. But that would be my advice is that little like just play an audible or a YouTube video explaining it in the background just so that he understands it's an actual scientific thing. And it's not just women bitching about their periods and like saying because sometimes like I'll come home with like some new idea and he'll assume it's like spiritual or woo-woo or something I learned on a stupid podcast in his mind. So that this is just how his brain works. I kind of needed him to hear the science behind it. So I recommend just playing something and he like will accidentally hear it. (laughs) That's yes. That's such a good idea. And I feel like too, he's very open to these things because he's very like health and wellness, very like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I got him into spirituality by proxy. Like, when he was going through a tough time, I sent him like the Balanced Blonde podcast, like a couple yeah. of her podcasts. And he was like a, a Balanced Blonde fan, which is hysterical. I but <laughs> then I just got my IUD out on Tuesday and I've had one in for like eight years. And he was like doing his own research on like an IUD and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, get that shit out. Like you don't need Aww. that in your body, blah, blah, blah. We see a functional medicine doctor. I was listening to an, a podcast episode. I can't remember the name of the podcast, but she's, oh, Good Instincts. She's on Dear Media. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And she had Paige Lindgren, I think is her last name, or Lindgren Lindgren. Yeah. And she was talking about all the phases. And I was thinking, like, I need to, like, let Daniel overhear this. So I'm 100% going to do that. And I'm going to get that book on Audible, too. Yeah, just replay it. Replay the episode while you're cooking or something. And, like, he sounds like he's interested in it anyway. So he seems similar to Ethan, where he's not going to, like, go seek out that episode but if it's playing in the background like he'll he'll understand it a little bit more from like a scientific lens and like comparing what I found interesting I literally replayed the part in front of Ethan of like the man the man's clock like the 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 24 24 hour hour clock versus our 30 day clock and that's just something I really wanted him to listen to also there's a chapter on like fasting and how like that's not so great for women because of Mm -hmm. that clock because for the longest time, he's tried to like push his ideas onto me just in terms of like, he's just a little, what's the word? She's like very into health and like pushing yourself. And that's how Daniel is too. Like, yeah, like wanted me to try fasting. Maybe that would help your IBS. And like, he was just like saying things that helped him and made him feel more energetic, assuming it would work for me. And I think that was like years ago like two apartments ago, years ago when I lived alone, I remember. And I think over time, me playing these things for him and like explaining my, you know, realizations along the way, he's come to understand that like, we're just built differently and that's okay. And he can say, this is really working for me. Try it. But if I say to him like, oh, actually that's not so great for my hormones. He's like, oh, makes sense. Okay. 100%. I know. I feel like they're very similar in that way. It sounds like 
Daniel will be like, oh, this worked for me or, oh, you just got to do this or, oh, you got to do this because if you're having gut issues or stomach issues, you got to try this. And like, I've tried a lot of things and I've tried a lot of things that he's done and like some have worked, some haven't, but I definitely agree with you. I feel like now it's just like, if I have a reason or I know that doesn't work for me, like I can say it doesn't, but we're also taking maca now. Do you, you take maca too, right? Yeah. Every day in my coffee, when I went off the pill, I started taking that. I love it. Okay. I have so many questions for you, but I really want to hear about this first. Okay. So, okay. Cause I feel like, you know, so much more about this than I do. When did you get off birth control? I, over a year ago now, I want to say like almost a year and a half, a little over a year. Did you get your period back right away? I was somehow lucky in that I was on it for 11 years. I got my period back the, like, yeah, right away, honestly, but I know that's more rare actually I feel like that's more uncommon than common so I got my period back right away but my I was like the most emotional wreck you've ever seen like like you would have thought someone died and I was crying about like TikTok like it was I had other other chaotic hormonal symptoms but because I started right away with the maca powder and other little things like seed cycling and 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 cycle syncing with workouts, like I didn't overwhelm myself with the food or anything like that. Um, I gradually started feeling more like myself again. And now having healed so many of my stomach issues along with like carefully getting off birth control and doing a lot of like hormone health, I finally for the first time in my entire life feel like I know my body. Like I just remember before I got off birth control, I was podcasting on my podcast with Alyssa Vitti, the author of that book that I was just talking about and saying to her, I just like, don't know my body. When people say, listen to your body, I'm just like, I don't know what it's saying. I don't know what foods work for me, what foods don't like, no matter how much I try, I don't know what food gives me energy or what food hurts my stomach and doesn't like nothing makes sense to me through this process of healing my IBS and also the hormone health after getting off the birth, uh, hormonal birth control, I just like finally understand what it means to actually know my body. I don't know everything yeah. obviously, but like, I feel like I'm in my own body. It was a weird experience where I felt like I don't even know anything about this body. <laughs> yes. I relate to that so much. That's like exactly why I wanted to go off of birth control. I've had yeah. an IUD in for like, this is my second one. I had one in for eight years. And before that, I was on the pill for like a brief stint, but it made me crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's why I went to an IUD. And obviously, it's just a lot more like localized with the hormones. But after a while, your body stops producing progesterone on its own. So I was like, I just want to feel like a woman, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't feel like a lot of people that like do a lot of research in health and wellness really relate to that. Because a lot of my friends were like, why? Like you got to be careful now and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I realize that, but it's way more worth it for me to get off of this. So I know what's going on with me. And like, I'm not even kidding you. This may be TMI for the people listening, but like, I have never been so excited to bleed. Like I'm bleeding right now. And I'm just like, (laughs) this feels so good. Right. And now I can like, I almost feel this is weird too, because I'm definitely not trying to get pregnant right now, but I feel like ready for a baby. Like my body wise, do you feel that way too? Sorry. This is so weird you say that because I'm just now putting this together. I was literally the other day I met Ethan's nephew for the first time 
And I've been like finding babies cute everywhere I go. And I, if you ask any of my friends, I don't care about babies in college. My friends used to be, oh my God, look at that baby. I literally couldn't care less. Like I have no, I don't even find them cute. I've never babysat in my life. And all of a sudden (laughs) I don't want a baby right now, but like, I feel like, oh, that baby's so cute. And like, I would be such a good mom. And like, I don't Mm -hmm. want one right now because I'm so career and travel oriented, but like, you're making me connect the dots because I think so often we're hearing about what's so terrible about birth control and like, here's why you should go off. But we never hear like the success, the success stories of like, wait, success, no pun intended. (laughs) Of like a year and a half later, wait, I'm so happy I did that. I actually feel like myself again. I have my libido back. I feel Uh like I understand my body. I can say I'm not excited to bleed. I literally had a fainting spell yesterday, almost fainting spell. I woke up. I had such bad cramps. I took Midol on an empty stomach. And then I don't know what happened to me, but it was like I had the flu. Like I was sweating about to pass out from my cramps. I didn't know what was happening. I think just because I took Midol on an empty stomach. Um, So right now I'm not in that like period positive place. But I would rather this any day over not knowing my body or anything. And this is actually only one of two bad periods I've had since coming off. So because of all of the hormonal health practices that I do, I typically have a really good period. This was the one month that I traveled a lot, went to high altitude and haven't done seed cycling and have not been paying attention as much to where I am at my cycle in terms of workout. So I'm convinced that that is why it was bad, which is a really rewarding feeling, honestly, because it's like, wow, I do all of these things for my wellness and I pay attention to my cycle every month. And it really does pay off because then when I fall off of it, like all hell breaks loose. Right. It, it's validating because it's like, okay, I actually was doing things right that actually helped yes. my body. Like it's not it, bullshit. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's, yeah, I, I definitely don't want a baby right now. Um, I'm definitely a little scared about that. But it's just so nice to feel like just a natural woman and feel like my body is meant to grow humans. And like, I think it's too, because I've been learning so much about just the hormones in your body and how they work and how, you know, how your period and your cycle actually works, which I don't feel like the majority of women know, honestly. And so just knowing that like our bodies are prepared to do this is just so cool to me now. I don't know. I've never really felt like this, but I'm just so happy to finally know what's going on with me. I will say though, I'm breaking out along my chin and my neck and it happened like a week or two before I started, before I got it out. And apparently that's because of like excess hormones or like hormonal imbalance. So I'm like, what the hell is going on? That part I'm not loving. There's going to be like a lot of symptoms in the first two months that are just hormonally fucked up. But you, if you're doing all the right things, you start a maca powder, you don't do a crazy intense workout on day one of your period, just like little things. Like I think people also get really, um, I, I hate to say the word obsessed, but like when you, some people are all or nothing and they're like, if I'm going to cycle sync, I'm going to eat exactly what I'm supposed to eat and yeah. do the exact workouts. But Caroline, uh, Carolina lifestyle is her Instagram. She was on my podcast. She's a hormone expert. And she said, it's more about the intensity of your workout. 
when you're going through your cycle. So it doesn't have to be do Pilates this week, run this week, box this week, like it's framed to us. It's just intensity. So like if you're a runner, just like run slow and less distance on your period and then push it when you're, you know, ovulating and whatnot. So doing little things like that that aren't so extreme really do help just like your hormones balance out. And what, sorry, I was going to recommend the Fexi gel. Have you tried this? Is this like a for sexual intercourse? Yes. <laughs> this is because uh, you were saying you were nervous and don't want to get pregnant. And this was yeah. like my number one. And your friends even said, aren't you going to be nervous now? Yeah. You so, said this at Dear Media Era, I think. Oh, did I? Yeah. The Fexi gel. Fexi gel. Is, it's literally, it's like a tampon applicator and it just goes up and it's like a liquid and it's 99% um, effective, just like a condom is. And it's all it is is lactic acid, which is something that's in all your skincare. So it's really, really gentle stuff. And like, obviously try it and it might, you know, some people get irritated, but if not, it is such a great alternative to a condom. And I still do the pullout method on top of it. Same. So between the two, I feel so safe. So highly recommend. Okay. I definitely want to try that. I also feel like is it kind of like nice lube. because is it similar to lube? Yeah. Yes, but this is so TMI, but it's a little um the taste is kind of like sour. So do with that what you will. <laughs> I take that it. information and run with it. It is a little it honestly in my opinion feels nice. Like it's it's not as effective as lube, but like it is basically like a lube. So I think it is the greatest invention in the entire world. My doctor prescribes it for me. It's completely free. It was, um, covered by insurance for me. And they sent me like, literally it's been lasting me forever. Like I swear there's like a hundred things in it. So I think it's like a woman's like the biggest secret of, of the women's health industry right now. I'm like more people need to be talking about. Yeah. This. Like how do more people not know about this? Do I have to go through no. my doctor to get it or can I like order it? I think you have to call your gyno or someone to like call it for you. I think okay. you have to call it in to a pharmacy. It's funny. I was like, I should make a TikTok about this, but like my whole family watches my TikTok. But then I'm like, why do I feel so free to talk about this shit on a podcast? You just feel like no one's listening. Cause like, I know they're probably not, they're probably not listening 40 minutes yeah. in. <laughs> I know. Well, that's how I feel too. And that is what really holds me back a lot. And actually we could use this as a good pivot because I yeah. want to get into this, but I feel like that holds me back a lot too is like, okay, my family might see this and like, I don't want to share too much information and then them be like worried about me or be like, oh, TMI or like bring it up when they see me in person or whatever it is. And I'm like so sick of that holding me back because when you think about it, Alex Cooper, her whole family knew that she talked about sex on her podcast and talked like these gruesome things and now look at her. And I... Sometimes I get in my head, I'm like, okay, I feel like I have such like a bold personality and like I have a lot of opinions and I'm like very like vibrant. I don't know how to describe it besides like I just have a lot of like energy when I'm my best self and I'm around my best friends, like the people I love. I just feel like I have something to offer, but then I like dull myself down so much on the internet because I'm like, I don't want to be too much. I don't like, I want to be palatable for people. And I feel like, I'm also getting in my head of you have to be just like fully yourself and like have your strong opinions and say whatever and show like all of you in order to 
like become this like big presence online. And so I'm curious like what your thoughts are on that with like, cause you, you said earlier on one of your TikToks that I commented on, like you wanted to be in your overshare era and you kind of mm-hmm. are. And I love that. <laughs> so but I'm curious how I you like, feel about same. that. Yeah. I struggle with the same thing. There's, there's a few layers here. And the reason I said oversharing era was the same, everything you're saying right now, I agree with. There's a few things I want to say. Okay. One thing you said was the fear of being too much. Every single successful person on TikTok is Is technically too much. A hundred percent. Not everyone. I think you could be a shy girl and also succeed on TikTok. Like I think whatever personality you have, there's an audience. Like there's no one that's you and there's an audience for everyone. But if that is genuinely you and you're too much, like it to people in your personal life or whatever, you got to let it out because I know that is what stands out on TikTok. That's number one. Number two, I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, the TikToks that go viral is like a very specific opinion about a certain thing and I should mm-hmm. be more opinionated and no one wants to really, you know, if you don't stand for anything, you stand for nothing. And no one wants mm-hmm. to call someone who's fake and just like is agreeable on everything. And does everything like that everyone else does. Yes. I've had that same thought. However, if you're naturally not a very strong opinionated person, that doesn't have to be your thing on TikTok. Right. So if you are naturally opinionated and you have all these strong opinions and you're scared to unleash them, that's one thing. Yeah. And you can tell me where you land on this. But if you're someone who's just like not kind of like what I was saying before, like I'm a pretty accepting person. I don't really care. I don't really want to ruffle any feathers. Like I don't feel that strongly about things that I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like I don't feel strongly enough about it to make it my personality and put it out there on TikTok because that's not how I am in my real life. Like my friends will literally laugh and say, Jen, don't get mad at us, but I need to talk shit for a second. Like that's just not my personality. And I think that's totally fine. I don't have to be that person on TikTok. So I want to ask you, like, are you a very strongly opinionated person and you're just scared because you want to be people pleaser or family's going to see it or you're just thinking it's the latter, right? Like you think it's just like, I feel like I'm more of just like a theatrical, like yeah, over the top expressive person. And then sometimes I look at my content on social media, especially TikTok. And I'm like, I don't even recognize myself. Been like, yeah. I feel like I'm being myself, but then I'm like, look back and I'm like, I just feel like whenever I'm with my girlfriends and like, I just feel like this is the real me. This is how I f- yes. feel the best. I feel like accepted for who I am. And I just wish that I could like translate this in a certain way to yeah. social media, you know? I- I do think you get more comfortable over time. Like when I think I remember my exact first day that I started to be like, okay, I'm going to try this TikTok thing. And like, I, it's the cringiest shit ever. But like then over time, it just, your personality comes out if you commit to doing it every day and you're like, I'm going to do a get ready with me and just talk like I'm FaceTiming a friend and see whatever the hell I want to say, like whatever comes out or having a topic. Like I filmed to get ready with me where I was like, okay, I went ring shopping after 11 years. I want to talk about it. And like mm-hmm. having, having a specific topic really helps because then you're kind of just like, this is the topic I'm going to talk about. And you can go into it and just say everything you feel about it as if you're talking to a friend. I think sometimes when they go into a get ready with me or something and I'm like, I have nothing to say. I'm just like forcing things and it yeah. just doesn't feel right. But So that's number one, like the practice of it all. But then number two is it that you don't feel like you're being yourself because 
in the back of your head people are watching like from high school and whatnot somewhat yeah I feel like there's like very specific people and I'm wondering if you feel like this too like there's very specific people that are like in the back of my head about it yeah and like there's certain people and I'm like they're gonna see this and it's like whatever I really don't care and I feel very safe on TikTok because I don't feel like everyone can see me whereas Instagram is just like a whole another thing I hate Instagram yeah so you know what I think about this when I have the same exact thought you're going to post anyway, right? Like either way, you you have decided I'm putting myself out there. I'm going to post. 100%. Yeah. So when you think about people from your high school or whatever, because we all at this point, like when I started YouTube, it wasn't a thing. It wasn't cool. At this point, every fucking person's going on TikTok. A lot of people, of course, like aren't or are just posting random shit here and there with their friends. But like when you think about someone from your past or just like that you have mutual friends with that's crushing it on TikTok, let's say. Mm-hmm. You, the people that you admire, you're like, oh, they're being so themselves, like good for them. It's because they're being fully like themselves and they're crushing it. The cringy content is when you see someone trying to be something they're not and and not being themselves and they're like kind of have a wall up, but they're weirdly trying to be an influencer. And like, that's what I come back to. I'm like, wait, I'd rather be the girl that someone's like, oh, look at her. Like, she doesn't give a fuck. She's just, like, going after it and being herself and doing her compared to, like, this. I have the same content you do. Everyone does where they're like, oh, I was not being myself. Who is mm-hmm. that person? Why Why was I not just being myself? Like, that's so weird. That's the content I don't want anyone to see. The content where I'm being so myself and it gets so much engagement because of that and because I'm being funny and whatnot. Like, I'm okay with someone seeing that and be like, she was crushing it. I think right. it's more cringy when you're like clearly holding back a little bit, but also like trying to do something or be something like that's what I come back to. You have to remind yourself like, what would I rather them see realistically me being muted, trying to be cool or me actually building a community? Yeah, definitely. And you can definitely tell when people are like, there's a few people that I've seen where I'm like, you're definitely not that's not your actual personality. Yeah. And like that, exactly. Like you said, that's the more cringy side of things. And I mean, we're all guilty of it. Like sometimes, you know, your energy is not going to be the same every single day, but I think that's such a good point. I don't know how this turned into a therapy session for me, but (laughs) I I love that advice. I (laughs) want to hear more though about like your content creation journey. Cause did you start on YouTube? Yes. I started on YouTube right after college. So I, for like my last two years of college, was obsessed with YouTubers like Olivia Jade at the time, Lauren Elizabeth. Were, those were like my two – I'm watching them every single day. I'm watching makeup tutorials before before a night out in college. Like I was obsessed. Uh-huh. And so I did not have the balls enough at that point. Now, you know, there's the Alex Earls doing Get, Get Ready With Me in college. That wasn't a thing when I was in college. So I was like, no. I'm not going to be the weird girl with the channel. So I would just do so much research. And I was, I remember both summers, junior and senior year, I was listening to a podcast about YouTubers on my commute, like every day going into my summer internship. And so I always knew I want to be a YouTuber when I'm out of college, when I don't have to face my peers every day and I'm just out in the real world. Parents got me a camera for graduation, started filming, learning, joined like a boot camp on because I'm not above like consultations and things like that. I want to know everything. If I'm going to do something, I want to do it right. Kind of like we were saying earlier before the podcast, like I think quality is more important than like aesthetics. Like I wanted to learn good lighting and all the things. 
So I quickly realized as someone right out of college in celebrity PR, like in a very crazy job, it was not sustainable for me to really like I was I was maybe uploading once a month, but it's still obsessively checking if I blew up overnight, like every night. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, over time, the pandemic hit. And I was like, this is my time to really go all in on YouTube and be consistent. I'm doing nothing. It's lockdown. So that's when I started really putting my all into YouTube, got my first 1,000 subscribers, kept working up from there, started a podcast a year later. And like, that's when all of this really rolled out. And then I started TikTok uh, no more than two years ago, maybe even less. Honestly, I was like one of those people who didn't, I didn't have it on my phone for all of the pandemic. Same. It was like something last year. I was like, okay, guess this is the most discoverable platform. Like I should try it. Now it comes so natural, more natural to me. Um, but YouTube and podcasting just comes way more natural to me. I'm more of like a conversationalist. So the pressure of like making it short and sweet and snappy and whatnot on TikTok does not actually come as naturally to me. Um, but that's kind of how it's evolved. It, it's been YouTube the whole time. Podcasts came along and then TikTok last and TikToks, which I think is common for most people, like the biggest, I guess, of the platforms. But YouTube in terms of like numbers, but YouTube has the most like community driven mm-hmm. experience on there. Um, and you so just yeah, hit 9,000. Congrats. I did. I'm hoping to hit 10,000 soon. I basically when I stopped two months ago, I was at like, I don't know, eight, eight thousand, seven, seven, eight, eight, eight thousand, I think. And my shorts just started blowing up while I was on this break and they, they get so much traction. Shorts help so much. I know, but I stopped doing them because I had this girl tell me like, you don't want to blow up from shorts because then they're all random people from around the world who won't be engaged. And like, you're trying to get engagement with your long form content. So like, I just stopped everything. I basically was looking too much into everything. I stopped doing everything on YouTube two months ago because it was just like, I was putting way too much pressure on it. And then while I was gone, my shorts, I I guess I got like a thousand followers from the shorts alone because I was at eight something and then grew to nine. Um, So I'm back. I got a bunch of DMs. Even, by the way, when I say a bunch, I mean like five. And that means a lot to me that like five people yeah. went out of their way to be like, where are you? Hope everything's okay. Totally fine. But like a few people had said to me, you know, by the way, like we don't need fancy content. It's okay if you're not consistent. Like it's okay if you miss a week. Like I feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. So you stopped altogether. But like we just want to see your vlogs like whenever you can post them. And it just like, I think similar to what I was saying about the half marathon. I just like... I'm done with the pressure of all of it. I'm back on the full-time job train and corporate, pro-corporate. And like, I am done trying to put all of my energy into blowing up. And I think because of that, I've realized, oh, it's actually a great community here on YouTube that I'm kind of neglected because I became crazy. And now I'm just loving, again, like I said, my why is all community driven. So like, I'm just, I don't even remember what your question was, but I'm happy to be back. (laughs) I love that. I try to give all of my friends the same advice, almost like to surrender. Yeah. Like whenever, I think this is just another perfect example of like why it works. Because whenever I, I think, I don't know, it must've been like the beginning of this year. 
my therapist was like, I think you should give up social media for like a certain period of time. I only gave it up for a week. I deleted all the apps, like whatever, all social media gave up. And I had been pining after like certain goals on social media. And I don't even think I'd hit a thousand followers on TikTok at this point. But right before I deleted it, I was just like, you know what? I give up. And not even like I give up, like I'm so mad, blah, blah, blah. It was I give up trying to put all of these harsh expectations on myself. Like I am done with it. I'm not going to put the pressure on it anymore. And that week was like so restorative. I feel like I actually had like silence for once in my life. Mm -hmm. And when I got back on social media, one of my videos had gone viral. I had over a thousand followers on TikTok. I like got some DMs on Instagram about something I can't really remember now, but it just goes to show. And any time that I've like gotten to almost like a rock bottom or a place of like something needs to change, I've just had to like fully surrender and give up. And then that's when like the biggest shifts happen. And it's happened multiple times in my life. So when I saw your post about that, I was like, it's really just another great example of that. Like you really just have to sometimes detach yourself from the outcome and it can be so hard to do. I'm honestly trying to do it again now, but it's tough. It's so funny because like we don't recognize it in ourselves. Like you just said that it was a great example of that. And I was like, huh, like, I didn't even realize that because I, my biggest thing I've always struggled with is surrendering. And I think I just naturally, my way of surrendering was focusing my energy into ring shopping and half marathon and just stop with, I have to wake up every Wednesday and film a YouTube video and then record my podcast on Thursday. It's like, yes, I'm going to stay consistent, but I just got tired. I've been at this. I started my YouTube channel. I think like I graduated five years ago, I think five years ago. And like that would have made me cry and embarrassed if I said that last year. And now I'm just like, I, it's fun. I love it. That's why I do it. And like, you're right. The second I released it, it's like I hit 9,000. Like, I'm sure if I keep bringing this like relaxed energy that I feel right now to it, the same thing's going to keep happening. I'm curious if when you not flip the script on you, but like when you surrender and, and that happens for you? Are you doing any like manifestation techniques or you're just like fully focusing on something else for the time being? Honestly, just like fully focusing. Cause I feel like sometimes if I am manifesting, I'm just like putting too much energy into one thing. That's what happens for me. Gabby Bernstein calls it manic manifesting. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I almost am putting so much pressure on it that it's like a negative energy around it where when I approach it relaxed and fun and I have you know, this exciting time in my relationship coming up and summer plans and I'm pushing myself with the half marathon and I'm, you know, have a full-time job and I'm not fully like desperate for this to work out as my job. Everything just like feels more relaxed and better. And like, we're supposed to be doing this because it feels good anyway. So. Right. um, We're supposed to be enjoying our lives like while we're working towards something. And I feel like I almost like didn't think that I could enjoy the in-between because I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I've really dropped that mindset in the last like year or so, because on paper, like my life looks great, but I still feel like there's something so deep rooted in me. That's just like, I'm not happy because I'm not like where I want to be in a certain way. And that's such like a waste of time because if I do get all the things that I I want and, and desire in life, like will I be mad that I wasted all this time being so miserable because I wasn't where I wanted to be? And that's just like silly. Totally. I will say though, I don't want it to be like, give up on your dreams. Like I'm still 
such a proponent of dream big and go after it because you have one life and like you want to look back. I think that's why I'm so relaxed now. I'm kind of like, okay, if I look back, I quit my job at 25, I thought, or 24, whenever it was, I was like, I'm going to be the biggest YouTuber. And I believed it Mm -hmm. in my fucking Mm -hmm. soul of souls. And okay, I didn't absolutely blow up, but like I can move forward knowing I did that and I tried that and I put the work in and I invested time and money and now I can move on. I mean, like everyone has, I'm not even calling it a failure, but just like all these big entrepreneurs that make it at like freaking like 40 years old, they had like a million failures under their belt, but like they tried and they learned something from everything. And like, so yes, surrender to the attached outcome, but also like first try because you never know. And like, and like, yeah, detach yourself from the outcome and try to surrender when you feel like you're putting too much pressure on it. But like dreams are exciting and putting the work in and knowing like the weeks where I'm like, I did everything I could to push myself forward in the podcast or whatever it is. It's like, I genuinely feel like my best self in that way. Cause that's just my personality. So yeah, I know that if I fully gave up on my dreams in terms of like being actionable with it, I would be depressed. So I always need to be working towards something. But then when it feels too negative and you're too upset that you haven't gotten there yet, that's when it's like, okay, let's take take a a step step back. back. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And I feel like this is where I relate to you so much because we had a similar journey in that like we both were working corporate, quit our jobs, went back to corporate. And obviously I know that we had like different paths in between, but I feel like when I first was like trying to launch my own business, you know, I had a savings, I quit my job. I fully believed like you could not have told me that anything was going to not work out. Like I would not have believed you. I have to learn by experience. Like I'm stubborn in that way where I'm like, this is going to work out. I believe in this so much. I'm so excited. I had so much energy about it. And then when I was like, okay, this is not financially a good decision. I need Mm -hmm. to like probably have another job. I went and worked as a manager at a fitness studio. And then I finally went back to corporate and like all the while I've just been doing these different creative outlets. And honestly, when I look back and it sounds like you're the same way, I don't feel like no matter what, even if TikTok wasn't super popular or certain platforms weren't popular, I feel like I'd still be doing something creative and having an outlet because that's just who I am. Yeah. Like even if people think it's stupid or they don't understand it, I would always be doing something creative. I can look back and say that's always been how I am, even like middle school, high school too. So if it if that makes us cringy, like that's fine because it's what we actually enjoy and we'd be doing it no matter what. Totally. And I want to look back and be like, that girl's so fucking cool that she didn't care. And she just went for it. Like my young, my younger self would be so proud of me right now because I was like, I was just such a performer and like so theatrical. And then I kind of suppressed that to be like cool in high school. Mm -hmm. So I'm just proud of myself that I didn't let that go on for too long. And it was like, no, right out of college, we're getting back into like old theatrical gen in a way. And I still find myself almost trying to do it in a cool way, similar to what we were talking talking about before, but it's all a practice. And it's just like, if we're meant to be cringy, like, I don't, I don't always think it's cringy. I know everyone's like, yeah, but like, I think there's a lot of fucking cool. I think it's brave. Yeah. And like, sure. There's certain things that could be cringy if you're going to I don't know, like play with puppets on TikTok or something. But like, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I don't think it's that cringy to like 
talk about your life online and have and build a community of women around you. Like I think it's no. cool. So I think we also have to reframe that in a way, but yeah. we do have a very similar corporate experience. And on that note, I just want to say like, again, I think it's so cool and brave that we both wanted to quit. And like, I have felt depressed in the past over like, oh my God, I used to believe in myself wholeheartedly. And like, where did that go? Yeah. And I think it's just like, it's okay to be realistic too. You can be a dreamer and also be a little bit realistic and also understand that like, Everyone was like, you're going to fail a bunch of times till you hit that one thing. And I believe mm-hmm. in that wholeheartedly now. I do too. Back in the day, it was like, I'm not going to fail because I'm I'm putting myself out there. I'm quitting my job and I'm going to be a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And it could still, could totally still happen for me. But there was a point in time where I was just feeling like so depressed over the fact that it didn't. And I was like, where is that belief in myself now? Like, I'm never going to feel that belief in myself again. But it ebbs and flows and like going back to corporate, I think it's badass. Like we took a risk and guess what? We were still able to go back. We were able to then use everything we learned like in the interim to go to a corporate company that then wanted us because they were like, whoa, such cool experience that shows such initiative that like, like I, I was so scared I wasn't gonna be able to get a job again, but like I literally Mm -hmm. got a job at Dear Media after being fully on my own and like working at a workout studio trying to be a YouTuber. So like, yeah, it's, you can get an even cooler job because you're able to learn things and get experiences that you kind of sometimes can't when you're in corporate. And like, honestly, just as I get older, I am valuing stability and money so much more. And I'm kind of relieved about it because for so long, I, all I cared about was like creativity and flexibility. And I'm like, it's kind of nice that I actually appreciate stability and money now because it's time to care a little bit about that and use my creative outlets as just that creative outlets because I think that's when the following and the community actually comes. So I'm trying to just, I'm not really trying to quit and put all my eggs in that basket because I think it put too much pressure and forced energy behind social media where now it's kind of like, it's more relatable it's more fun, more relaxed and like less pressure around it. And look what happened. Like I hit 9,000 when I wasn't even doing anything. Yeah. I think that's so true. And I honestly need to like use you as inspiration there because the one thing I love about your content is that you are always so honest about like exactly what's going on in your life and like with your job, with, you know, like you That's call tricky. out things. Yes, but you're good at it. Like you call Thank out like, you. oh, I haven't been consistent with this or I haven't been consistent with that or like – and I think that that's like things that people latch onto a lot more than if someone's just coming on and like trying to only tell the good things. And that's what like really builds your community and like makes people feel like they're actually your friend. Like sometimes I literally feel like you and I are talking when I watch like some of your videos <gasps> and I'm like, no way. I'm just going to catch that's up with so Jen cool. when I talk to her. Yeah. On YouTube or TikTok? Now I'm like doing my own research. <laughs> TikTok, but I also like watch your that. YouTube videos here and there too. So oh like, no, I just feel like I know more happy. about your life. Thank you. That makes me happy because I've been real. TikTok's a little harder for me. So that makes me happy. But I also think sometimes people take it too far and all they're doing is getting on the camera and complaining. So you got to find the balance of like, catch yourself, be self-aware. And like, you know, if you're complaining a little too hard, make a joke about it talk about something positive, I'll literally be like, but we're not going to let it get us down. Like have a spin on it that's still fun to watch because 
people that are just getting on and complaining about their lives, like that's also not enjoyable either. That's an ick for yeah, sure. Exactly. You need the balance. How do you feel like you bring yourself back to like get re-inspired when you're in like the mix of like your job and you're not feeling like overly like energized about creating content or doing things for yourself? Like, do you use any like tools or like talk to yourself and be like, okay, we're just going to get through this or what, what do you do? It really depends on the platform to be honest. And it depends on what I need to get re-inspired with. What I used to do when it was like basically what I was doing full time because I'm going to, I'm going to give you this too, because this might help someone who needs, like everyone does it differently. But I used to take myself on a coffee shop date and I would have my Google calendar out. I would have my Notion or Evernote, whatever I was using out. And I would brainstorm for whatever platform it was. I would research. So I would give myself like a Sunday where, you know, I have nothing to do at work or anything. And I would look up other YouTube channels. Who's doing really well right now. I would search like most viewed in the last month in New York City and like just like do market research almost and then be like, yeah. okay, this is the stuff that's working right now. How can I put my own spin on it and do mm-hmm. a brainstorm? Then I would take that brainstorm that I gave myself the creative space and time because this is less force, right? So it's like I'm actually right. giving myself time to research, get inspired. It's not even research. It was like getting inspiration. And I did that on TikTok too. So I would get inspired and then brainstorm. And then I would like put it into my calendar. I don't do that anymore, <laughs> to be honest, because with YouTube, I just don't have the time. I've just been blogging. Um, so that's just like I vlog and put it up and it is what it is. And same with so at this point, I don't I haven't given myself the space to do that. But I do find that that's really helpful for people who are more scheduled and structured like that. Like I was really wanting to be like a YouTuber and getting really strategic. And I would look up really niche videos and get inspired Mm -hmm. and whatnot. I'm not at that place right now. So I don't do that anymore, but that's what I would do in that driven space. Now, I mean, look what I did. I took a break and then all of a sudden I'm re-inspired and excited about it. I don't suggest always taking a break because I do think consistency is so important and like definitely if you're always taking a break it's like you're just never where's the room to actually like grow and build be consistent build yeah on TikTok I think like you don't have to post every single day I try to post every day but if there's a day where I'm like there's just nothing here there's nothing left of me I won't post so it's like Give yourself a little breathing room there. But honestly, how I get re-inspired is, I guess, the answer here is other creators. I'll give myself space to scroll on TikTok, find new creators, see new people that are blowing up on YouTube and whatnot. And just like, I get my inspo from other creators. I don't, if I ever feel jealous of another creator, I ask myself why I feel jealous because there's something in them that I wish I had, similar to what Mm -hmm. you're saying, like, people are so opinionated and whatnot. And I shut myself down. It's like, there's probably someone that triggers you online because they're being exactly their freest authentic self that you want to be. Cause I've been there. And so it's like taking stock on that too. I mean, like, okay, instead of sitting in this jealousy, let's see what I can find as inspo from their content. So really long story short, other creators. (laughs) Yeah. That's so interesting too, because I feel like some people will say, stop scrolling, don't scroll. Like, and just like get inspired by your own life. And I think it's like, I do a little bit of both. You know, sometimes I'm like, I probably should stop yeah. because I, I'm not letting any room for any new fresh ideas to come in. But 
I think sometimes it is like, how are you going to know what's trending first of all? And like, you know, what sounds and I think I'm like, oh, like that would be fun to do or whatever it is. So that's interesting. I guess on that note too, it's not always other creators because I agree sometimes that's too stressful. It's actually making time to just like shut up. And what I mean by that is like go for a long walk. When I like move my body, detach myself from a screen, listen to a podcast that inspires me, ideas come flooding in and I just write them down. So in the meditation, it's like I don't like to be the person that just gets up and works and go, 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 go. I'm in New York City. So like naturally that's you know, if people watch my vlogs, they're probably like, yeah, you do. <laughs> like you're literally very much a hustler and on the go, but I'm so routine with meditating, going for walks when I need them and all that kind of stuff, because creativity does come from giving yourself that space to like, just not force it. And even sometimes like I'll go in the shower and just I usually listen to a podcast, but sometimes I'll just shut the podcast off to see like what comes up. So just sometimes like give yourself some space to not think about anything and like your best ideas will come up, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know what the quote is, but there's something along the lines of like you you don't live life from like the comfort of your own home. Basically the idea that like you have to go out and like experience life and like allow Mm -hmm. time for like reflection and like being in the present moment because that's how you're going to actually have things to like talk about or things to film or just experiences to go off of. Like a lot of times I'm like, well, I can't go out on a weekday and like go to happy hour. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z activity because it just like doesn't align with like me this week or fit into my schedule or what I have to get done. I don't want to feel like crap and overload my schedule, blah, blah, blah. But then sometimes I'm so closed off to those things. And then it's like, why am I cutting myself off from joy and like potentially having fun for what? You know what I mean? Of course there's balance with everything. I'm doing balance and air quotes because it's like, what does that really mean? But you have to actually live your life to get inspiration for your, I mean, in our case, it's our content, but you know, you're not going to get that from sitting inside and doing nothing. I know. I feel like if I was single, I would go on dates all the time just for the content. The stories. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) I agree. Okay. I know we are kind of at time. So I have some rapid fire and some last questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. Go for it. Okay. So these aren't on the rapid fire, but these I'm curious about. All right. What is your favorite social media platform? YouTube. Okay. I could have guessed that one. (laughs) (laughs) I want to hear some of like your ins and outs on trends on social media and like things that are popular right now or influencers are doing and not like no shade because we do them too but Mm -hmm. what are some of your ins and outs right now okay I I mean we kind of touched on it I would say what's out is like these 75 hard challenges and what I eat in a day and anything super yeah extreme and like diet culture-y and what's in is oversharing it's really hard I don't think everyone has to do it I'm not putting pressure on myself to share anything I'm not comfortable sharing but just in terms of what I'm seeing working on social media people want to feel like they're FaceTiming a friend they want to hear your funny story about the guy you slept with last night when you peed in their bed like it's just don't 
I know when I have a gut feeling like, oh my God, this would be so great to post, but like my gut is telling me like, that's not you. Don't yeah. talk about it because it's not you and I'm not going to do it. So I'm not like everyone has to overshare. However, oversharing is in. <laughs> I totally agree. And that's how like you be the more authentic version of you. And all of my videos on TikTok where I'm oversharing or I'm talking, like I am a short I'm not a short-winded girl. I'm a long-winded girl for sure. Like I can't even send a voice yeah. note to you under a minute. No, me but too. Me too. I feel like all of the videos that where I'm actually just like talking to the camera are the ones that blow up and not, like they're still trending and getting like 50,000 views. So I love that. I agree cool. with you. Wait, um, I'm going to go stalk your TikTok. I want to see. So the thing about the gut, I recorded a whole video about my teacher, my teacher's son who asked me to prom and this like disastrous date and how he like told his mom that it was a terrible date. And then I met up with another guy and then she like pulled me out of class to like bring me into her classroom and basically like yell at me for, and I'm like, your son was like texting other girls and like wanted to leave the party. Like did not say he liked me, like asked me as a friend, like I, I, whatever. And I told this whole story. I feel comfortable saying it on the podcast, but I I told this whole story and I had nightmares about like my teacher finding it and reaching out. I don't know. So like, you know, in your gut, like that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I don't, I never want to do something and exploit my life just for the views because, okay, video goes viral. I get 2000 more followers and I have a pit in my stomach and like, it's not worth it all the time. There are some things that are just funny or like it's about your period or something that's like technically oversharing, but you don't really care. Like I talk about poop. I talk about poop all the time because I'm so comfortable. I talk to all my best friends about poop, talk to my boyfriend about poop. So like that's something I will overshare about. If I pooped my pants on the street, I would have no problem talking about it on the internet. So it's like picking and choosing which areas of your life you're comfortable to overshare and just like tap into that. Like you're FaceTiming Uh a friend and that will typically do really well on TikTok. Yeah. Cause it's relatable. I I'm the same yeah. way. I talk about poop a lot. And like my friends just know me as like the girl who's like comfortable pooping yeah. in front of people. Like I yeah. just am, I don't know. I'm, I don't have any humility when it comes to that. Yeah. But okay. I call it poop positive. <laughs> You're poop positive. We're yeah. in the poop positive club. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. One more question. Okay. What are your daily wellness favorites or must haves or must do every day? Daily wellness habits. Um, my five-minute journal I do every single morning and night. It's been a habit for years now. I have been taking for supplements WellBell for hair, skin, and nails. Take three pills a day. I love it. What other wellness? Uh, I newly love the magnesium drink by Moon Juice for sleep time. I love it. Also, the Nike Run Club app for learning to run and my new running journey. Um, I have a red light bulb. uh, This is like my favorite question. I have a $2 red light bulb from Amazon that I put in my lamp in the living room. And so at night when we're watching TV, the whole room is red. And that's just like easier on your eyes. I need to do that. I I heard this in the Shelby Sacco episode and I was like, I need to do this. Oh my, it's like the easiest little hack and it changes the whole vibe, especially if you work from home. It just like makes you feel like you're not still in the same place that you worked from all day and it's better on your eyes. It helps you wind down. And then I'll give one more. This is more skincare, but like it's such a wellnessy ritual for me. I now use a gua sha and I swear my jawline 
just feel so much more snatched. I don't know if it's a placebo effect or what, but I was just feeling so puffy forever and like an ice roller wasn't really doing it. So I started doing gua sha every night and I like follow these TikTok routines and you put face oil on and it just feels so like such a self-care moment. And I swear it's been like making me feel prettier. So that's just a plus. <laughs> your skin does look and your face does look so snatched. Thank you. Like gorge. Thank I you. My face is very puffy right now and it's Gua sha, making me it's feel so a lot of fun. Ways. I was so anti it forever, but it takes literally like a minute. I didn't realize like it's so not as extravagant as it seems. It's so relaxing. I feel so much less puffy. I'm obsessed. <laughs> Do you need a specific one or it does it really not matter? So I use a sterling silver one because – or not sterling silver. What is it called? Whatever. It's a silver one. You know what? It, it's silver. And it's um, – I use I did a lot of research. So that one is going to be great, first of all, for eye of redness. It's great for like puffiness and stuff because it's cooler to touch, the silver. And then it's also more antibacterial or it is antibacterial. So you're not going to um, – because some people start to use gua sha – and struggle with acne. But when you do the silver one, it's antibacterial. So you're not going to carry the oils and spread them around your face as much from like your hair to your, first of all, be careful. You don't get like hair oil on your skin, but also it's just like better for not spreading acne. And then I clean it every single night, which is like with my facial cleaner. Okay. Perfect. Oh, just another wellness thing I have to get, I but I love that. I know. <laughs> um, okay. What is your favorite comfort show? Ooh, Schitt's Creek. I haven't put it on in a while, but that is like my favorite comedy ever. Oh, I don't know why I didn't say this. Love Island always. Like I have watched Love Island since no one knew it existed, like in college. And now everyone's obsessed with it, which makes me so happy Um, not to be that person. But like I've been watching it forever and I like it's all I did last night like it is my comfort show I want it on at all times I feel that I also did not know it was around when we were in college UK not US but like UK you'll see they're really old like the footage is really low quality compared to now do you like UK better or US UK by far and then I like Australia a lot also I haven't watched that one oh my god it's so good it's it's really very similar to UK. You have to watch. Okay. Well, I feel like it's such a commitment too. It so, is. Like, and like my life is over when the show is over, but it's also so nice to know. Like, it's like I get decision fatigue. So I like just knowing like every night I put on Love Island and like there's a new one. Yeah. And like there's more to watch. Yeah. I don't have to decide on a show or anything. So I love it. I'm the same way. I'm like, last night, Daniel and I were putting a movie on and we were like scrolling for a while. I'm like, you know how this goes. Like, don't give me the remote. Just like pick it. We watched Don't Worry, Darling. It, it was good. So Ooh, it was fine. I haven't seen that. Okay. The next question is a pop culture. What's a pop culture moment that shaped you? Scandal. Yeah. Like fully shaped me as a person. And then if I go like all the way back. <laughs> If I go all the way back, this isn't really pop culture, but I just remember the OC finale, like, rocking my fucking world back in the day, and I was so young, and yet it was still, like, my whole world was flipped upside down, and I was obsessed, and, like, anytime I got sick my entire childhood, I would watch the OC from the start, like, 
season one to the end all over again. And I was so young. So I feel like that shaped me because like all I want to be in life is Summer Roberts. Oh my gosh. I love Summer. I started rewatching that and I haven't like finished it all the way through and I think it's time to like pick it back up. But I was like so fully obsessed and invested for a while. And I like I never watched it when I was younger, which is weird because I watched like One Tree Hill and all of like the other similar. I had older siblings. Like my mom and my sister were were obsessed. So that's why. I know what happens though and it's tragic. It's all tragic. The entire show is tragic. That's why it's like (laughs) fully shaped me as a person. (laughs) You're like this the whole time. Awful. Okay. The next question is, how would someone describe you if your life was a movie and you were the main character? Ooh. My life was a movie. I'm the main character and someone's describing me like adjectives. Like, yes. And like someone who likes you. So like in a nice way. Okay. I like that. I would say ambitious, sensitive, and silly. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I'll try not to comment on this too much because I'm like talking too much between no, each one. No, you're so not. <laughs> um, okay. The last one is something that you're currently obsessed with. This could be literally anything like a podcast, music, show, food, whatever. I'm like, trying to say something different because I was going to say gua sha. Um, I'm currently obsessed other than gua sha with jewelry. Ever since I went ring shopping, all I want to do is buy all these gold rings so that once I get my ring, my hand looks cool and I get gel X nails and I like redid my hoops and I always wear my necklace now. Like I'm a, not a sporty girl. I'm very unathletic, but I'm very casual. So I wear workout clothes every day. Like I slick back my hair. I'm very casual, but I've Uh really been getting into, I think just the idea that there's going to be like a diamond on my hand soon, trying to feel a little more mature and like put together these days. It's like a new thing I'm working on. And jewelry has been a big part of that. Like a little, nothing crazy, but just like having my gold jewelry on every day when I I haven't put on jewelry in so long, just because just like wasn't part of my routine. I'm kind of obsessed. I've been ordering like new gold rings every day, which is fun. Where are you ordering them from? Bobble Bar. The best, the best cheap, amazing jewelry ever. But do they, does it tarnish or is it like good quality? It stays really, really good for a long time. And then also my earrings are shashi, which again, not that they actually came out with tax and everything to 80 with, with like delivery. So it wasn't like cheap, but the earrings themselves are 65 for the pair. And they lasted me. These exact ones lasted me like almost three years and I just lost one. So I repurchased them, but they don't, shashi is a really good brand. Are they gold or silver? Gold. Okay, you might have to send me the link because I need – it's so interesting that you're saying this because I've been the same way. I don't really have much Julian right now because I just went in the sauna, but I feel like I've been wanting to wear, like, all better quality jewelry now. And, like, I'm an adult. Let's start, like, putting yourself together a little bit more. You don't need to feel like a, like a freaking slug every day sitting at your yeah. computer. You can do a little bit to your appearance and, like, be a grown-up. I know. It's made me like wish I didn't work from home all the time because I want an excuse. Like something about knowing I'm going to be 27 and going to be getting engaged just makes me want to feel less like a little girl. (laughs) Yes. I know exactly what you're saying. Realistically, when do you feel like it will happen? You don't have to say if you don't want to, but. I would assume the fall, but I, he does not answer me when I even mention it. It could be in March. Good. He shouldn't. I'm literally like, thank you for not entertaining this because I like have word vomit and can't help but say something. But like, thank you for not even giving me like the tiniest bit of of anything to work with. Yeah, because I will 
I'll know something. Um, I feel like it'll be fall because that's my favorite month. Month. That's my favorite season. That's when our anniversary <laughs> is. That's coming up. Like, so I just feel like it'll be fall, but who the hell knows? But I will be making lots of feel like I'm gonna be very Content. much like a bride TikTok kind of person. Like it might become a it. little bit of my personality, a little bit. <laughs> what kind of ring do you like? Do you have I'm a not preference? gonna tell you because I know what I picked. But I could tell you what I was I'll tell you what I was leaning towards. The only ones I was looking at in the end were I have very long fingers, so I needed something long. Anything short or like too like like a circle around or whatever was too like it just like I know exactly what you mean. That's how I feel. Yeah. So I loved like an oval. I really was intrigued by a pair because I feel like I haven't seen anyone with it, but I was really impressed by how flattering it was on the hand. Um yeah, those were like the two that I love. I liked the long circular because I have like almond shaped fingers uh fingernails so I liked when it like matched my nails that's how I feel too I feel like I need I know I like oval or emerald those are like my emeralds oh my god yeah a bunch of my friends have emeralds so I didn't go with that and I did try it and it just I liked the round better on my finger but I love emerald it's so like chic and classic just classic it's just and I don't know. I just, I'm obsessed with it. I, and I feel like right now I have short nails. I feel like Lauren Bostick or like Morgan Stewart right now with my short, like love it, simple, clean nails, but it's because they all broke and I'm like, I'm going to give them a break for a sec. Wait, are but, you getting engaged soon? Do you know? Um, I don't know. We've started to have like a lot more serious conversations about it, That's fun. but I've told him like, I don't want to wait until like I would love to be engaged by the time I'm 30 which I'm 28 so I feel like that's really realistic and I think he understands but we're like having more conversations about it like a lot and but he's like I don't want you to know anything so I just like here are my parameters here's my size (laughs) oh my god so he's choosing the ring yeah but I'm like I want a gold band either oval or emerald you can do the rest oh I like that it's like not a lot of room you ever like panic that he's going to choose the wrong one or you're totally fine with either I'm totally fine with either I'm leaning more towards emerald and I told him that but I would be really happy with oval too I just want him to be excited about it you know what I mean yeah you should look at um Carly Silverman just got do you follow her on TikTok I don't think so she's one of my friends just through social media and she just got engaged yesterday and did gold band with I don't think it was emerald I think it was Question? Like a radiant or something? Radiant, maybe. I don't know. I have to look at it again, but you should look at her ring for inspo. Okay. Radiant's pretty too. I will. Carly Silverman. Yeah. I don't know. I'll send it to you. I don't know. I don't remember okay. what shape it is, but it looks like the vibe you're going for. Okay. okay sorry. Perfect. <laughs> okay. No, I love that. I love this stuff. It's like, I feel like this is all I'm talking and thinking about now is like babies and marriage, which don't really want babies right now. But I'm like, I think I turned 28 and all of a sudden I was like, I'm a grown up. Like things are going to get more serious. Yeah. But now it's almost like this is the time to focus on myself and be selfish and like think about my career and think about what I want. Like, do you feel like that too? Yeah. I think that's a big part of why. And now I'm just like kind of succumbing to corporate life. I think we don't realize how young we are. Like these people I look up to that are like 40 and founders of companies have lived 15,000 lives, a million different jobs. Like I am five years out of college and I've had 
I've been part-time, I've been freelance, I've been full-time, I've been in an agency, I've been in a corporation, like all in five years. So I'm just like, I'm good with corporate for now. I want to feel stable. I want an income. And I'm sure somewhere along the way when I'm a mom or whatever, I'm going to get back into my, who knows, it'll be next year. Who knows? But like, I know I'm going to get back into my entrepreneurial side a little bit. And like, who knows, maybe I'll be a mommy blogger. I don't know. But like, we just don't, it gives me so much freedom and like peace to know like we have so many lives to live ahead of us. When I realize how much I've done in just five years, I've lived like 15,000 lives. So for now, I am in that state where I'm like, okay, we're turning 28 or he's turning 28. I'm turning 27. We're thinking about engagement. We're thinking about a house and where we want to live and like getting out of the city by 31. And like, these are like big girl talks. Like I need to put myself together, wear a little makeup, have a good job, not just be working at the front desk anymore. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I could end up there again, but just at this point in time, I do feel the same way of just like, I want to put my big girl pants on and just feel a little more mature and stable. Yeah. And I feel like when you do like put yourself together and stuff like that, you put yourself in like your future self mode and like, yeah, it almost is like you're not faking it till you make it, but you're like, you're putting yourself in that energy and it's it's good. It's like a power stance. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I feel like I could literally just sit here and talk to you for like the whole rest of the afternoon. I know. Thank you so much. This was so fun. I'll come back anytime. (laughs) Okay. Yay. I'm so glad. And if I'm in New York. Oh. Yeah, please. If I'm in New York, we need to meet up. Wait, 100%. Let me know when you come. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. If you are loving the podcast, please, please leave a rating and review and tell others what you're loving about the show. It really helps grow the podcast and helps me create more content for you. If you have suggestions for the pod or questions you'd like me to answer, you can always email staroftheshowpod at gmail.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next Wednesday.